thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 190 of the Real Life Runners podcast. We get a lot of questions about nutrition for runners, specifically about fueling for runners. So today we are in for a big treat. We have Christy Bauman, a registered dietitian on the podcast, and we are talking all things fueling for runners. So sit back and enjoy. This is the Real Life Runners podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, runners, we have Christy Bauman on the podcast. You might know her as at marathon.nutritionist over on Instagram. And she was so gracious to come on the podcast and just share her experience and how she helps runners learn how to listen to their bodies and fuel themselves appropriately. So I won't do too long of an intro, just a little bit about Christy. She is a registered dietitian, marathon runner, and mama to a two-year-old girl. As a new runner, she thought she was eating healthy to support her training. In reality, she was eating too clean and unknowingly was restricting calories, cutting out fat, and ignoring hunger signs. Food was constantly on her mind and she had a big sweet tooth. These were all signs of underfueling that resulted in recurring injuries and a poor relationship with food. It wasn't until she began to change her mindset around food, understand the science of nutrition and how the body works, that she was able to learn to fuel properly, feel more energized, and improve her running. Now she is on a mission to spread the message that restricting food and following fad diets is not the answer. Having a positive relationship with food is the foundation of fueling well as a runner. You can follow her on Instagram at marathon.nutritionist. So that's a little about Christy. You guys are going to love this interview today. She goes into all sorts of awesome topics on how to fuel as a runner, how we can improve our relationship with food, how we can be more mindful around our eating. We talk about all sorts of really great topics. So enjoy. All right, Real Life Runners, we are in for a real treat today. We have a special guest on the podcast. Her name is Christy Bauman, and she is a registered dietitian that works with runners to teach them how to fuel their bodies appropriately so that they can train the way they want to, hit PRs, hit things that they haven't achieved before in their running. You might know her as the Marathon Nutritionist. That is her handle on Instagram. That's how I actually met Christy, um, and I was just so inspired by a lot of her content that I just decided I had to have her on. So Christy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much, Angie. I'm so excited to be here and it feels like such an honor to be on your podcast. So I'm really excited to talk more today. That's awesome. Thank you for saying that. That's so sweet. So let's start off by just talking a little bit about, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, what do you do? Who do you help and how do you help them? Yeah. So I am um, a registered dietitian. I've been a dietitian for almost 10 years now. Um, of course, a runner. Um, have ran numerous half marathons, full marathons. Um, and I um, really focus on helping runners learn to get away from diet culture and be in tune with their body and listen to their body so they know how to feel well as a runner. Because you know, um, as we start to run more, if you're training for your first half or full marathon, the hunger comes on and and it's not only the training is a whole new experience, but the nutrition part is a whole new experience as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so 
there's a lot to learn through the process. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. And, you know, nutrition is definitely an important part of what we do here at Real Life Runners too. Those of you that are on our Real Life Runners training team, you know that we have an entire pillar dedicated to nutrition for runners because it is such an important part to fuel our bodies correctly for the goals that we want to have. So why did this area become a passion for you? Why is this something that you want that you're doing with your life right now? Yeah, so I've always been passionate about sports nutrition and being a runner, um, basically since I've been uh, 12 years old, and I ran throughout high school and college. Um, And then in college, I was majoring in nutrition and realized I thought I was eating healthy. Um, I was focused on fueling my body, I thought, but come to realize I was actually under fueling, experiencing lots of Um, reoccurring injuries, thinking about food all the time, feeling cold all the time. And it wasn't until like, actually, years later, I reflected back, I was like, I could have prevented that by actually eating more and feeling my body better. And the more that I started talking to runners, um, I realized it was, I wasn't alone, not in that regard, but also like in the dieting aspect of how we think about food, like this idea that food is either good or bad, or that we need to run to earn our food. Or, um, you know, maybe you've gotten into running for weight loss, and then you start feeling fatigued and exhausted, and you're like, what's going on? And so there's, I guess I realized how much of an impact other runners are experiencing some of these same um, signs and symptoms as well. Um, And so that's what really got me passionate about it. And then, um, so I was working um, at a clinic and after having my daughter realized like, I could really pursue this passion of going into the sports nutrition world, helping more runners um, because I realized that's when I began to realize how much, how many challenges are out there um, in understanding nutrition as a runner, because our needs are different. And so that's when I started to pursue it and um, dabbled in the online world and social media space. And it's just been really fun connecting with so many runners around the world. That's awesome. So is, is that how you started is you basically started a social media account and just started putting content out there? Yep. Yep. That's exactly how I started just by putting, putting content out there. And, um, you know, at first I thought people wanted to learn more about like the specifics of the, you know, nutrition supplements or nitty gritty details of sports nutrition. But then I realized like we have to take a step back and focus on our everyday nutrition first Mm. before diving into more of the detailed Oh, that's so true. Oh my gosh. I like, I wish that all runners could hear that, that message. Like that is one of the things that we talk a lot about with our team. You know, everyone, like you said, everyone's like, well, what supplement should I take? And we're like, supplements don't matter if the rest of your nutrition is crap, you know, like if you're eating junk all the time, it doesn't matter what supplement you put into your diet. Like it's not going to help you get the results you want until you kind of clean up. And, you know, I say clean up um, in a different way. I don't mean like clean eating necessarily. Right. But like until you adjust and find a fueling system that works well for you. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And I know one of the common questions is what to eat before, during, or after a run. And yes, that's important. Right. But again, if you're not, um, if your everyday meals mm-hmm. aren't fueling you properly and getting enough energy and supporting your everyday needs, then you know, those don't make as big of an impact. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So you said that you thought that that was kind of what people had wanted, right? Like kind of the nutritional supplements and stuff. So how did you then merge to where you are now or kind of progress to that? Like, how did you realize, like, what did people actually want to hear from you? Yeah, I think it was, you know, kind of maybe in my head that, oh, that's what I should be talking about when Mm -hmm. I talk about sports nutrition, like, very specific to that side of things. But then I started talking to more runners and, you know, they were struggling with binge eating and constantly feeling hungry and then feeling out of control around food, you know, after their long run, Mm -hmm. um, or, um, you know, constantly, um, thinking about food or eating really healthy during the week. Mm. Um, and then on the weekend, going crazy. Right. (laughs) So then that's when you, that's, so that's really where you saw the need then. So that's really a lot of the content that you started creating then, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So that's where I saw the need after talking to, you know, more individuals and it, it, you know, lots of people have questions about, you know, what are my protein needs? What do I need to eat before a run? But then Mm -hmm. actually diving in deeper and really recognizing like, oh, there's more um, things that we need to change first Mm -hmm. um, before we can address that um, was where um, that was, that led me in that direction. Okay. That's very cool. So you mentioned before um, you started to talk a little bit about some of the signs of underfueling that you were experiencing, right? Like the binge eating, constantly thinking about food and different things like that. Can you just give us a good, like an idea of some of those common signs that you might be underfueling? Yeah, there can be, uh, first of all, like so many and oftentimes go unrecognized. Some of the big ones are like, as a female, if you lose your period or it's irregular, right? Um, like that's a big obvious one. Um, or if you're um, getting injured frequently and have to go take time off, cross train, and then it comes back again, or you know, a few months later, um, it reoccurs again. Um, or feeling cold all the time. So like your fingers and feet. So basically there's, you can blame it on poor circulation, Mm -hmm. but actually once you start eating more, um, your body can circulate its blood better. (laughs) Amazing how that happens, huh? (laughs) Right, right. And even for runners, like doing heart rate training, um, knowing anytime that you're restricting calories, whether it's on a diet, whether you realize it or not, um, or you're just under eating, your body and metabolism is going to slow down um, mm-hmm. to conserve that energy. So some people will experience a lower heart rate. Um, and it's kind of hard because, you know, as runners, naturally our heart rate tends, our resting heart rate tends to decrease because right. we're active individuals. So, right, right. Um, but other things like um, cravings, having cravings, sugar cravings, you know, um, meaning that you didn't eat enough earlier in the day or missing out on certain nutrients. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I used to like look through recipes um, like on Pinterest and try and find the healthiest recipe. And I would like kind of spend hours doing that. Oh yeah. And like try and piece things together. And looking back, I was like, that was probably an obsession with food Uh of like trying to just find the healthiest and like, no, that one has too much oil. No, that one has too much butter and too much sugar. Yep. Um, and so that, that kind of obsession with food are constantly thinking about it and planning your next meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and- I can totally relate to that one. I was like the same way for sure. Like, you know, my family, oh, I mean, my family used to make fun of me for it, you know, that, oh, we can't have Angie over for dinner. We don't know if it's going to be healthy enough for you. And I'm like, that's not true. Like, and and at first it was to that point, you know, like I, I was like offended by it at first, but it, I mean, that was true, you know, like there was like certain things. And, um, when I was getting into like the quote unquote clean eating, right. And, and trying to get rid of the processed foods out of my diet and those kinds of things. And the way that I started that journey was like, you know, only eating foods with like five ingredients and then only, um, you know, making sure that there's no high fructose corn syrup and like all these other preservatives and things in in food, right? And I would literally go to my mom's house when she was cooking dinner for us, for like the family, and ask her to see what ingredients she was using. Like, what kind of pasta are you using here? What kind of thing, you know, can I see the the ingredients that you put in here? Like, that is ridiculous, you know? And and I know that now, right? Like, I know that now, Mm -hmm. but it was an unhealthy obsession with being healthy. Yep. Yep, for sure. And I think that a lot of us get into that. For sure. And it becomes like, food rules that we don't even realize, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's like, I can only have one carb, um, at a meal, or I can't eat past this time. Or like you said, having to watch, um, what your significant other is putting in the food and you can't let anyone else cook your own food. Right. It's affecting your relationships. It's affecting you. You know, if it's when you're going on vacation and you have to bring all your food along, Mm -hmm. um, those are all definitely signs and they're hard to recognize when you're in the moment because they totally. seem like you just want to eat healthy. Yeah. It seems like you're doing the right thing, right? Like it seems mm-hmm. like I, I know better. I'm learning all these things. I'm doing the right thing. This is a good thing. And, and I would argue, you know, that it is a good thing, right? It is a good thing to clean up our diet. It is a good thing to decrease the amount of processed foods that we're having and try to eat healthier and try to eat organic and try to do all of these things. That is an important thing, especially with the way that our society is today, right? Like with all of the big food companies that are putting all of these chemicals into our food, like those are not good for our bodies. Those are not good for our hormones. But when it becomes an obsession, to the point where, like you said, it's affecting your relationships with other people in your life. That's where we have to look and see like, okay, how important is this in this situation, right? Or how how is this actually affecting me? Is this creating more negative consequences at, at some times than it is actually helping me? Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Because so often we don't think about the mindset piece or the um, stress that it can cause yes. on our bodies and our bodies doesn't rec- don't recognize that that stress coming from, you know, work life stress mm-hmm. or just stressing about food. And, 
Yeah. I think this is a really important piece. I think when we talk about weight loss, right? Like when we talk about people that are trying to eat healthier in order to lose weight, how much stress is around that need to eat healthy, right? Because like we both know, stress releases the hormone cortisol in the body and cortisol essentially keeps the fat on, right? So you're, it's, it's counterproductive to what you're actually trying to do because you're creating so much mental anguish and stress about what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. And yeah, slows down your metabolism and then your mm-hmm. body doesn't use food as efficiently um, for your body. Right. All right. So what, what would you say that like most runners need to know about fueling? Like when we are just like, you know what, I'm a runner. I want to make sure that I'm fueling my body. Well, I want to be healthy, of course. Right. That's why we're, that's part of why we're runners in the first place. Um, I want to be healthy, but I also want to make sure that I'm fueling my body appropriately so that I can go out and feel good on my runs and not feel burnt out all the time, not get in that nasty cycle of injury for the majority of runners. What do we need to know? Yeah, I think it always goes back to finding that balance mm-hmm. um, with your with your meals. So knowing there's so many different confusing nutrition messages out there. Um, yes. you, know, you hear so many. bananas have too much sugar in and then no bananas are good for runners. Mm-hmm. And it's just taking a step back and, you know, understanding that you can read any research article that supports one side or the other. It's so true. (laughs) Um, And so just finding that balance, you protein, carbohydrates, fats are all important. And having those, that balanced meal with each of those nutrients in throughout the day, Mm -hmm. that's what's going to keep you satisfied. It's not about, you know, trying to save your calories for later in the day. Um, it's being able to listen to your hunger and knowing like, that's a good thing. Your body's telling you something um, and I can trust it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oh. it doesn't need to be complicated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that that right there is, I, I want to hit on that point that you just made there about like, learning how to trust your body, right? Especially those runners that like got into running and maybe to lose weight, right? Um, And diet culture that we're literally exposed to on a daily basis in our society today. Just like you said, there are literally scientific studies that support all sides of this, right? And and you have to obviously look at who funds those studies and all this stuff. But there is so much information out there that I know a lot of the runners I talk to just get very overwhelmed. They're like, I don't know what to, I've felt that way for sure. You know, I don't even know what to believe anymore. And I'm definitely, you know, research-based, like let's, let's, how do I back this with evidence? And there's evidence for all of it. So it's like, what do I do? Right. You know? So, um, I think that that is, is one thing is that it's all very confusing to a lot of runners because there's just so much information that we don't know what to believe. And then also diet culture has basically told us to ignore our hunger signals, right? So we have also learned not to be able to trust our body. So if that's where we're coming from, how do we reverse that? Like if, how do we understand how to trust our body again, what our body actually needs, how to listen to our body and give it what it needs when we've literally been conditioned to ignore it, you know, our whole lives. 
Right, right. Yeah, it's definitely like an unlearning process of unlearning all those rules or those negative thoughts around food Mm -hmm. um, and then retraining your body that you can trust it. Um, you know, and, and I totally get how sometimes we feel like if we haven't paid attention to it, it, we might, we might not be able to recognize them even. And so it goes back to like eating consistent meals, checking in with yourself, you know, being mindful while eating, moving away from social media and the TV and <laughs> what does my food taste like? Like just mm. asking yourself that one simple question am I actually tasting this food and what does it taste like? Do I like it or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can, and it takes time to recognize those hunger and fullness signs again, mm-hmm. um, because it's not just a grumbling stomach, right? You can, um, you know, feel fatigued or low energy or again, like you're working and then you're like thinking about your lunch and then you try working again and you think about your lunch again, like that's a sign of hunger, even though it's not, even though your stomach isn't grumbling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excuse me. I think that that's a really important thing, right? It's just like trying to figure out what those hunger cues are in your body. And, you know, that brings a lot of that mindfulness back in, which is what we like to to work with our runners on is like being more mindful um, in our running. Like we like to teach them, like, what does this actually feel like in your body when, it, when you go out and run at this pace? Like what effort level are you running at, right? Like we talk a lot about, you know, easy training and the 80-20 principle and all that stuff, learning what those levels feel like in your body. Same thing goes over here with nutrition, right? Like actually understanding what, okay, I'm, I'm feeling a physical sensation now, right? I'm, I'm fatigued. I have a headache. Um, my stomach is grumbling, all these things. Am I actually hungry, right? Like I think that that's something that we have to start to kind of tune back into, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. What's the best way to do that? Yeah. So I would say, first of all, eating consistent meals. So eating every two to four hours, um, not going longer because then maybe you've experienced this. I know I have where you like are hungry and then you push it off and then that hunger goes away. Mm -hmm. And right. So you think you weren't really hungry. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're basically telling your brain and your body that like, oh, I can ignore those hunger cues and they'll go away and it's, it's okay. And so mm-hmm. your body, you basically training your body to ignore them. Um, so eating consistently is probably one of the first things. And then, um, like I mentioned, just starting to ask yourself, how do I feel before you start eating? How do I feel? Am I like starving and want to eat everything in sight? Well, then you probably went too far. Like you waited Mm -hmm. too long to eat. Okay. Because if you're so hungry that you want to eat everything in sight, you can't recognize your fullness. Mm. You're going to eat past the point of fullness where you're feeling stuffed and not good and going to feel sluggish afterwards. Right. And so it really starts with that hunger first. Yeah, because like they say, a lot of times it takes your body at least 20 minutes, right, to kind of like catch up in the hormones to adjust for you to know whether or not you're actually full. Yep, yep, exactly. So if you're so hungry and just eating everything in sight and you scarf down a ton of food in like 10 minutes, and then that's what leads to that over full, uncomfortable feeling afterwards. Mm Mm-hmm, yep. So 
I, I want to ask though, you know, you said about having that hunger signal, ignoring it, right? Then it goes away. And then we eat, you know, we, we can work or do whatever we need to do for another couple hours. And then it comes back. If this hunger, hunger signal goes away like that, a lot of people would think then, oh, that probably wasn't really hunger, right? Like if it went away, it wasn't really hunger. So how do we know if we're eating because it's actually hunger, especially if it goes away, um, versus just like emotionally eating, right? Like I'm just bored or, um, you know, I am stressed out or whatever, you know, emotion might lead to eating sometimes. I think that is kind of a, a gray area for a lot of people. Right. Yeah. And it's definitely um, something that you have to dive into more. And I guess to answer that question, it's thinking about you might experience binge eating at the end of the day um, when your hunger is catching up with you, even though you didn't feel hungry earlier on. Mm -hmm. If that binge eating is happening, that means you didn't eat enough earlier in the day, even though you might not have felt hungry. Okay. And so we have to retrain our body to be to adjust our calories and have more earlier on in the day. So, I mean, so would you say then that you would recommend like eating, even if you don't feel hungry? Mm -hmm. So if your hunger signs, if you're so used to ignoring your hunger and your body's gotten used to that, you have to retrain those hunger hormones mm -hmm. to trust for your body for you to trust your body again. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually eating. So eating every two to four hours, you know, depending on your training, if you're not running as much, mm -hmm. you can go wait for maybe five hours. Um, but if you're running more often, then it's a matter of eating, eating, eating more often too. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, so how, same how goes, would you say, go ahead. I was going to say same goes like, if you're feeling sluggish or tired in the afternoon mm -hmm. um, or like maybe you had something to eat, but then, you know, an hour later you're hungry again. Well, that means, okay, my meal probably wasn't balanced. I had a, just a salad with mm -hmm. some chicken on it. I was missing the carbs. And so I got hungry an hour later. That mm -hmm. means, okay, we had to adjust your meals for earlier on in the day to make it more mm -hmm. satisfying. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see that. And I think that sometimes if we are in a training cycle, especially if we're training for like longer distances or those kinds of things, we can get hungry a little bit, like pretty soon after our meal, right? When we're like, well, I shouldn't be hungry yet. And it's like, we tell ourselves we're not, we shouldn't be hungry yet, but maybe it's because you ate your meal, you were full at the end of your meal. You, you're trying to learn how to listen and not overeat, Right. But then your body digested that and that meal, like you said, just wasn't satisfying enough. Like there wasn't enough fuel and calories in there. So your body's still telling you, I still need more. But like you couldn't have necessarily, sometimes we can't eat enough, right? At one meal because we don't want that uncomfortable feeling. So you might need to eat, um, you know, that meal and then another one relatively soon after just so that you're getting the fuel in. Right. Yep. Yep. For sure. One thing I do find um, with runners, I know I was working with a runner, she's running about 60, 70 miles a week. And um, so often we don't like that feeling of fullness. Mm -hmm. um, and so we had a work to, I use a hunger scale 
uh, with my clients. And so we work to, instead of feeling like I'm, I'm feel satisfied, I'm fine, but I could eat more. We had to work to push her to like, okay, now I am feeling a little bit more full and it's okay to feel this way because I know it's going to, um, I know I'm not going to get hungry an hour later. Mm-hmm. And I think that's often common as runners that we don't, we can be afraid of fullness or maybe in the past you've experienced um, binge eating and you're, or you've gotten into running for weight loss and you're afraid of eating too much again. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's a, it can be a tricky balance. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see that, right? Because if you're in that diet mentality, then you're basically telling yourself that you need to restrict, right? You need to restrict your calories And most of the diets out there will tell you that you're going to feel hungry. (laughs) Like, you know, like some of them have started to be very honest and say like, you're, you know, when you eat the allotted amount of food on this diet or whatever, you know, it is, you probably will still feel hungry. And I know that there are nutrition programs out there that teach people to finish a meal and still feel hungry afterwards because that's proving that they're in that calorie deficit, then that will lead to weight loss. So that, that does make sense. Like, cause when you first started talking about this, I was like, well, maybe that's just a problem for like, you know, people with under eating issues, but I can see it as a problem with people that have issues with overeating and then are trying to diet right? And then they're telling themselves, well, I don't want to overeat again. So I, I should feel hungry when I finish a meal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So that, that's interesting. So talk a little bit more about overeating, right? Like, so for people that have been prone to overeating in the past, maybe they've gotten into running um, for the weight loss benefit, how can we trust ourselves, you know, to eat that amount that is right for us? Um, how can we, this is kind of, you know, like a tag on to what I was saying before, like about emotional eating and that kind of thing. Um, you know, cause a lot of times overeating is the result of, you know, like you said, restricting food earlier in the day or a way to cope with your emotions, right? Like, so h- how do we, how can we tell the difference here? Right. Yeah. I didn't touch on the um, emotional side of of eating. And I think, you know, taking a step back and recognizing it's okay. Like food is comfort. Um, yes, we don't want to use it as an emotional to, to, um, like satisfy or hide our emotions all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, recognizing that food is an emotional thing too. Mm -hmm. So when we, and that's okay, when you, right. Yep. And that's okay. And that's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of times we think that's not okay. Yes. Yep. Yep. For sure. And obviously we want other ways. It's a matter of like first recognizing how am I actually feeling? Like at the end of the day, when your kids go to bed and it's the first time you have to relax and (laughs) you're used to like sitting in front of the TV, eating a snack, eating ice cream, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And you know, asking yourself, how am I actually feeling right now? Like, mm-hmm. am I like stressed from the, from the day? Am I feeling sad? Am I feeling bored? Um, am I actually hungry? Mm-hmm. And, you know, taking, taking the screen away, just being in tune with yourself, 
maybe writing down your feelings, having other ways to cope with your emotions. Cause so, so often we just want to sweep it under the rug or just mm-hmm. hide it by, by eating something because that makes us feel better short term. Mm-hmm. But if we're not addressing those emotions um, and really asking ourselves how we're feeling, mm-hmm. then we can't, you know, have other coping mechanisms mm-hmm. to deal with them. So, you know, yeah. journaling, going for a walk, listening to music, mm-hmm. um, actually being mindful of the foods that you're eating and, you know, am I tasting it? Does it taste good? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So be yeah, that's that's so interesting, right? Because I think that so many times too, we do things out of habit, right? Like it's it's like I put the kids to bed, I pour a glass of wine. You know, I put the kids to bed, I go get a bowl of ice cream. And like we just do things a lot of times mindlessly and they just become habits in our lives and we don't even question it. Like we don't we're not questioning whether or not we're hungry um at that time. We're just this is just what we do. Mhm. Yep, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and like I said, it's so often we would just want to sweep those emotions or not tackle them because mm-hmm. that's, that's the hard work <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> of actually recognizing them and, yeah. and telling ourselves like, this is how I'm actually feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that people use running for the same, in the same way, a lot of times, right. They like try to run away from their problems or run away from their anxiety or their stress. Um, and not actually deal with what's going on, you know, and I've, I've had clients before or potential clients, you know, that have written to me and I'll say, you know, like they'll say like, I just, I run to get away from my problems. I was like, nope, that's not what we do here. (laughs) Sorry. Like, you know, and like, if you're open to dealing with them in other ways, we can help. Cause like, you know, we work a lot on mindset and, and those kinds of things. Right. But like running is not a way to get away from your problems. You know, running is so good for so many other reasons and it helps us to confront our problems and overcome the challenges both in our running and in our real life, right? We can use the strategies that we learn from running to tackle those other issues, not to run away from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can learn so much from running. So um, much about from running. yourself. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. All right, so... um. What kind of, you know, kind of moving into the world of like masters run, runners, right? Because I think that at different ages, we have different fueling needs, right? Like if we are teenagers and, you know, teenagers, we talked to our cross country team about this all the time. They're growing, right? Like they're, they're constantly growing. Their bones are growing. Their muscles are growing. They need a lot different fueling than say someone that is 60 years old and just trying to run for health and maintain like good bone health, good tissue health, those kinds of things. So like, you know, across the spectrum of like our age, um, you know, from younger to older, how should our fueling kind of change as we get older? Mm-hmm. So obviously as we get older, our metabolism decreases or we're not, we don't need as much fuel for, right. you know, for a growing body as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing the quality of the food is going to be more important than the quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, I mean, one of the things I often see is not eating enough protein earlier in the morning. Mm -hmm. So yeah, protein is going to be key to make sure you keep your muscles because we know as we get older, we can't build them. Right. And so um, not just having a big steak at dinner time 
um, but actually making sure to have protein earlier in the day at breakfast time, spreading it out through the day, that's going to help with your muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then thinking about, you know, that stage of life, busy in the career, busy with your kids. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it gets down to like the logistics of meal planning and being intentional. Like that's a part of self care and prioritizing that versus just resorting maybe to takeout or um, easy, you know, maybe things that you've done in the past. Mm-hmm. I think it's common. Another thing to be afraid of carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear a lot of bad things about carbs, especially like we don't need as much as we get older. Right. Um, again, I would go back to quality, making mm-hmm. sure, you know, it's, it's whole grains, it's carbs that are going to fuel your body well and give you that extra fiber mm-hmm. um, and make you feel satisfied because right. we still know carbs are our main source of energy as mm-hmm. a runner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's so funny because I'm listening to you talk, right? And, and and some people, I don't know if some of our listeners might be like, okay, I'm kind of confused right now, right? We should be able to eat anything we want, right? The, the, the conflict between food freedom, right? Which is a lot of the stuff that you talk about, um, being able to eat the different things, not restricting those kinds of things. But I still, it's still important for me to eat healthy, right? And choose more complex carbohydrates and make sure I'm getting enough protein, right? So which is it? Right. Is it, and I think that a lot of times people are like, it it has to be either or, right? Like it, and I think that it it does not, right? So, which is it? Like, can we have food freedom and eat whatever we want? Or should we really pay attention to what we're eating and choose quality ingredients? And, you know, like, what is it? Right, right. I know that's, that's like one thing that I like with running and how you can incorporate it into it because, you know, Eating fast food right before a run isn't going to make you feel good. Eating a couple donuts <laughs> no. right before a run isn't going to make you feel good. Mm-hmm. And so you, when you run, you start to recognize how foods make you feel. Mm-hmm. And that, I feel like, just empowers you to want to eat those foods that are going to make you feel your best. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I have a runner who her husband brought home donuts. She get, just got done with uh, – hard workout. Um, she wanted to have a donut, not because she earned it, but because it, she wanted to enjoy it with her kids and husband and had ended up having, I think one and a half or two. And she felt horrible afterwards. Mm -hmm. And that was an experience for her of recognizing, like, that was a little bit too much. I, you know, went the food freedom route a little bit too much. It didn't make me feel good. I recognize that in my body. Mm-hmm. So the she physically time, yeah. didn't feel good. Like it wasn't the, like the emotional and mental. It was the physical feeling. Right. It was oh, okay. a physical feeling of feeling too heavy. Her yeah. stomach was rolling the rest of the day. Um, and so that was an experience where she recognized like I should have had not two donuts, two, two donuts or maybe just one would have been fine with. She had whole milk with it. So I think it ended up being too much fat. Mm-hmm. Um, but having some other protein food, healthier food that would have made her feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, um, So I, you know, with running, I feel like we can be so much more in tune with our body and, you know, how, how does running make us feel? How do foods make us feel? Mm -hmm. And so you, you can start to find that balance. 
Yeah. And I think that balance is going to be different for everyone, but I think that, you know, what, what I'm hearing is it's, it's definitely not either or, right? You have food freedom. You have the ability to eat whatever you want. You don't feel like you can't. It's that can't, right? That can't eat that. I can't eat that. That's not healthy. But it's like, I don't want to eat that anymore, right? Like, I just don't want to because it doesn't make my body feel good. And like, this is one of the things that I like to say, you know, when people go through like nutrition coaching and things like that, like people that I've worked with and runners that I've worked with in the past is like, you're going to be able to eat whatever you want. The trick and the caveat is that what you want will change, right? Like you're not going to want those foods as much as you may have before. Like if you're fueling your body properly with, you know, the protein and the complex carbohydrates and the vegetables and the fruits and all of those good things that are giving your body the micronutrients and all the vitamins and minerals that you need, then you're going to feel fuller. You're going to feel more satisfied when you're eating the healthy fats and all of those things. You're going to feel satisfied for longer and you're not going to want to binge on donuts and Oreos and all these other things. You can have one if you want, but then recognize how that thing makes you feel and knowing how it makes you feel. Do you still want that thing? Yeah. 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 That's so true with, I recognize this with myself. If I you know, have a dessert to eat. And I'm like, I want another, like, I want a couple more. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I didn't actually have a satisfying meal. I didn't actually have mm-hmm. a satisfying dinner. Mm-hmm. That's why I want it. Interesting. Um, and so, so you begin to recognize those relationships and correlations with what you're eating. Right, right. That's awesome. So I, I want, you know, we're coming up on time. I do want to um, touch a little bit on um, fat adapted training, because I think that this is one of those things that has been out there um, a lot lately, right? And and about intermittent fasting and trying to turn your body into a fat adapted athlete and the benefits of all of this. And, you know, can you speak a little bit on your thoughts about the different fat adapted methods out there and like fasting and that kind of thing. Like, does any of that have a a place for runners? Yeah. So I think um, this is a really common question. And the biggest thing is like, no one runner is going to eat the same. Everyone's going to find what works for them. Um, and we know lots of the research that has been done on it often has been done on men. So we always don't know the long-term effects of how it could affect, especially women, um, men as well. We don't know the long-term effects, mm-hmm. but I always like to take a step back and how is this, how is this working in your lifestyle? You know, is this affecting your relationship with your kids where you're saying, I can't have this to eat. And then your kids see that and then they have this perception, oh, I can't eat that, that's bad. Right. And they're having a health, poor relationship with food as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that carbs are, are going to provide us energy. And I think it goes back to like, yeah, maybe you can feel good running, um, fat adapted, but mm-hmm. could you feel even better if yeah. you had carbs to eat? Right. Um, and, and it so, takes time, yeah, right? Like a lot of these fat, fat adapted methods take a lot of time, you know, to, for, for your body to actually, um, quote unquote, switch over, right? Likes to, to change its fueling pattern and that kind of thing and where it draws its energy from. 
it takes a lot of time and a lot of runners just don't have that kind of patience, right? It's like the same thing with like math training is one of the examples of this, you know, that's out there, like where you're just told to run at a low heart rate on all of your runs. And and math training kind of goes hand in hand with the fat ad- adaptation. Like if you're doing it the way that the doc, Dr. Maffetone talked about it, right? He talks about eating a more fat heavy diet and trying to get your body to switch over. But I mean, it can take six months to a year for a lot of runners. And that's just so boring for so many people. Right. And like you said, they're, they're like, how do you feel during that process? And could you feel better if you had more carbohydrates? Like maybe, maybe you did, maybe by the end, I know that some of the things that I've read and um, people, once they get to that point, they feel fantastic. Right. But it's like the process of getting there. Is that something that you really want to put yourself through? Is that also what works well in your lifestyle with your family and all of that? But these are all really important things I think for us to take into consideration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And knowing like carbs are important for hormone production mm-hmm. um, and not forgetting about all the other processes in our body that do rely on on carbohydrates. Right. And I think that that's an interesting thing that would, I I don't know if there's research out there right now on it, but I think it'd be a fascinating area to examine is like how that um, intermittent fasting or fasting affects hormones throughout the lifespan. Right. And how, um, it would affect younger runners that are still have different hormones than older runners, right. That have a lot of, you know, of, of hormone changes and those kinds of things. Like, how does it affect it? Right. Because, um, you know, a, lo- a lot of the research out there has been done, you know, one of the leading experts in the, like, um, in fasting and intermittent fasting is Dr. Jason Fung. And he is, um, he has a book out called the obesity code, right? So he came up with this whole idea because he had diabetic patients that were, their insulin was all over the place. Right. And so can we take that same, information and those same scientific studies that are done on people, a sick population, you know, people with diabetes, people with obesity, people with hypertension, and apply those same principles to a general healthy population, especially a healthy population like runners, you know, like that some people want to take and it's the same thing with like VO2 max and like all these things, right? They want to take these studies that have been done on elite male athlete cyclists, and apply that to runners. Like, you know, a middle-aged woman runner is not the same as an elite 25-year-old cyclist, right? And so, and then people get so obsessed with their numbers, like my VO2 max and this and that, right? And it's like, I think that people are extrapolating data sometimes in a not so accurate way, (laughs) right? Right. Right. Yeah. And exactly. And, you know, women are not small men. And so we have (laughs) different needs. um, (laughs) We are not small men. Like you said, I like that. I like that. But yeah, I think that that's the important thing is like, could it be good for some runners? Quite possibly. Right. And like you said, every runner is different. Any, every runner has different needs. I just think it's important that we take the time to figure out what is right for us, right? And like we avoid the copycat syndrome and we avoid like just doing what other people are doing. Well, that person has good results or that person has a body that I like. If I just do the same thing that they, they're doing, then I'll get the same results and it's just not true. Right, yep, yep, exactly. Just because my running friend did it and had good results 
doesn't mean it's going to be the best for you. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So Chrissy, is there anything else you would like to cover today that I haven't asked you already? Um, I think our conversation was so good. It was good to dive into everything. Um, You know, so I focus on helping runners um, have that healthy relationship with food and, Mm -hmm. and fuel their body as well. And um, it's so good to see running coaches spreading that same message and really focusing on the mindset piece, because honestly, like it all comes down to mindset and how you're thoughts revolve around your, your running, the food. Um, it, it, it's a big piece of it. It's so fascinating to learn about the brain and how it's all connected um, with the actions we take every day. Totally. I mean, that's, that's the stuff that like totally lights me up is like human behavior. Like, why do we do what we do? You know, like it's so interesting. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that we need more, um, people spreading that message of like, loving your body and listening to your body for what it needs, like for you as an individual, right? Like there is not one cookie cutter way to eat. There is not one cookie cutter way to train. Um, and it's important for us that to acknowledge our individuality in all of it, mm-hmm. right? So what is one thing that you would want our listeners to take away from this episode? Um, ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> There's so much out there. Um, I, I, w- I would say, um, the, the, like the foundation of fueling your body well as a runner, honestly starts with your mindset and ho- your relationship with food. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a process. It's not like a quick diet fix, like so many of the things market out there that mm-hmm. we think is going to be the best option um it takes work like just with training for a marathon just for training for races it it takes time and consistency and you know nutrition the consistency is key too and finding that balance um is going to you know uh, allow you to have that healthy lifestyle change versus a a quick fix and it's you're just going to feel so much better in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. See, see nutrition as part of your running journey also, right? Like the, we always talk about the running journey and it's the same thing. It's really just your relationship with your body and your relationship with yourself, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's all the same journey that we're exploring here. And I think people want to try to separate them, but it's all, it's all included. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With a relationship with your body is, is huge. Awesome. All right. So Christy, this has been so great. Um, where can our listeners connect with you online? Like if they want to learn more about you and the programs that you offer and how you help runners, where can they connect with you? Yep. So I am always hanging out at, on Instagram at marathon.nutritionist. That's kind of where I spend most of my time. And so feel free to send me a DM. I'd love to hear if you've listened to the episode and what your thoughts were. Um, and just love to connect with uh, runners from around the world. Awesome. And I think you're, you're starting up like you're, you do some group coaching, right? Like as far as nutrition goes. Yep. Yeah. So I um, offer both individual and group coaching. Um, the group coaching is just a fantastic option because you can, you work with, run, you're with runners who are working towards the same goals. Mm-hmm. And so having that community and um, that support is 
um, just makes all the difference when you're when you're working down your nutrition and being consistent and um, learning to fuel as a runner. Yeah. All right. So two two last questions for you as a runner. Um, this is just not what you recommend for anybody else. This is just your preferences. So what is your favorite go to pre run snack or meal? Um, pre run snack. Uh, it's always, I would say it's always going to be like, um, peanut butter on a piece of bread with banana on top. Okay, cool. And what about post run? Post run, um, smoothie. Okay. Oh, fruit, fruit and fruit and yogurt smoothie. I feel like I'm such a difficult. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) What about after like a race, like after a marathon or after a half marathon, like what's that first meal you want? Like, okay. If you want a smoothie afterwards, fine. But like that first meal, like, do you want a big burger? Do you want like, you know, some Mexican food? Like, what is it that you kind of like to crave after a race? Yeah, I, I would say it's always a big burger. Um, <laughs> I hear that a lot. Uh, yeah. It, well, it's funny. Like, I feel like once you run more miles, once your higher mileage is done, like you start craving the red meat and um, a big ju- juicy burger. <laughs> yeah. The iron there, right? You got to put that yep. back in. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, Christy, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much for your time and for coming on. Um, so listeners, definitely connect with Christy on Instagram over at marathon.nutritionist, and we will put that link in our show notes. So thank you, Christy, for everything that you're doing for the running community and helping runners to learn how to listen to their body and fuel appropriately so that they can hit their goals um, and achieve things in their running that they didn't know were possible before. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Angie. It's such a, such a joy to chat with you today. All right. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. All right. So that was awesome. Thanks again, Christy, for coming on the podcast and spending that time with us. And as always, thank you for listening to the Real Life Runners podcast. This has been episode number 190. Now get out there and run your life. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.